Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another pre-market prep? We got a good one today. Of course, I don't know if this is a bullish sign or a bearish sign. You guys let me know in the chat. But Jim Cramer has called the market in bull mode. Are traders too optimistic on a dovish Fed? We'll talk about imbalances at the close. MSGM runner right now, definitely making moves. We got some earnings stocks, of course. AMD, Snapchat. We'll talk about EA, T-Mobile. We got Peloton on the list. Thermo Fisher, Humana, and we got some China EV coming through. A passive stake in Baidu. Lots to talk about all this morning right here on Pre-Market Prep. Traders, hit the like button. It's time to get it started. Rise and shine, team. Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. No worries. You okay? That's all right. I've been muted before. <laughs> Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, welcome to this. Uh, could it be a wacky Wednesday here uh, with the Fed? Uh, let's run down the S and P futures, a couple other futures, and then uh, get to some earnings talks. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, S and P's down nine fifty after that wacky close, seven point five billion to the buy side. What a time to get long. We'll see if that pays dividends. Uh, Buck is down. That's helping things down 22 cents at 101.69. Bonds in that trading range now at the top of the trading range from the past three days, up 20, 30 seconds, 130 and 16. Uh, crude hanging out just under 80, up 36 cents at 79.23. Gold up 80 cents, 1946.10. Silver going the opposite way, down 15 cents to 23.68. And Bitcoin quiet here, less than a 300 point range, down 55 bucks, 23,195. Uh, let's see if uh, Triple D uh, participated on the other side of those buy in balances. And then uh, let's bring in Money Mitch, too. We got a lot to cover today. Where are you guys hiding out? In the caves, man. Yeah, in the trade caves. caves. We're in the trade caves. Snowed in here. Really? We didn't get much snow in, in basically uh, the first couple weeks of January, but the back half of January, we have got a lot of snow up here. I think I got about three feet on the ground here right now. So uh, just hiding out in my igloo here. So igloo, trading stocks, looking for opportunities. Let's go. All right, Mitch, I'll let you start things out with... Uh... Yeah, let's get to the action, right? Um, let's first start off with imbalances at the close. Ooh. Looks like there was yeah. definitely some out there. Tell us what you saw, Dennis. Yeah, right wicked up your alley. buy imbalances. It was the end of the month. So at the end, so there's three basically big, really big days usually for imbalances at the close. The other days usually don't matter. It's if there is a rebalancing. It's end of the month, and of quarter two is even bigger, but end of the month and uh, the third uh, Friday of the month, which is options expiration. But end of the month was yesterday. 
There was buyers galore at the close. Wicked, wicked buy-in balances across the board. Stocks running up into the close like crazy. I mean, pick your poison. Even the S&P, you can see the move, Joel. Um, if you bring up your charts and the SPY yeah, spy, moving yeah. straight up in the last 15 minutes right because of those big buy imbalances. And that was on pretty much every stock. I mean, there was just some really, really wicked moves up. Um, not a lot of gappers on the close. They just ran up into it. So an SPY just shows you the best. So that immediately faded in the after hours. We, we basically closed top tick on SPY and we just yeah. started leaking right after, which is normal. When you see a big run-up, usually they give it back almost immediately. That's why I often fade those moves, which I was fading. Um, and then, you know, obviously dust settles and then you're getting more earnings and now you're getting more information. So what happens then after um, SPY comes in, then about three minutes after that, Snapchat reports, which hits by a little bit more because Snapchat, obviously, we know drives the bus for all the online advertisers. We'll get to that in a second. But what really helped the market was Snapchat came out for only about two minutes. And then AMD came out. And they kind of liked the AMD report. Even though it wasn't great, it was good enough until obviously lowering the bar and AMD going up. But let's jump into the Snap numbers here, Mitch, because uh, SNAP, obviously not doing well here this morning. It's your one of your biggest losers of the day. But the market's holding up fairly well. Let's talk about Snapchat here. Uh, Q4 EPS at 14 cents beat the 11 cent estimate. Sales at 1.3 billion in line. They did say, though, they give uncertainties related to the operating environment and is not providing guidance for revenue for Q1 and 23. Uh, Snap's Q4 daily active users were at 375 million, up 17% year over year, but not giving guidance. Not something you want to see. Yeah, and the stock, obviously, if we're just looking at the chart straight up into the report, so expectations a bit higher here, did not even come close to those. Not a good report. Not good when you're not giving guidance. We've been in this earnings season, though, where if you're a tech stock, you kind of been forgiven yeah. to a certain extent, where if you've d disappointed, you seem to get bought back. They seem to come in and buy the dip. We saw this with Microsoft when they were basically lowering guidance across the board in the conference call and the stock got hit 10 bucks. And then the next day was bought back up. So I wouldn't just count Snapchat out here for that reason. Obviously, a lot more information is going to be given to us today. Two o'clock, Jerome Powell, Fed meeting. And then tonight, we got some big earnings reports as well. We're going to hear from Meta. We're going to hear from tomorrow is the really big days, Apple, Amazon, Google. But lots of information going to be continuously coming at us, and that can change the story. But right now, at this moment in time, without any more information, without the 2 o'clock knowing anything, at this moment in time, they've been buying the dips in pretty much all tech across the board. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, this is uh, – uh, we talked about this one on at the close, if there was a pop or a drop. And it looked like it had a, a clear path to $10 on the downside, right, just because you have the fluff. But now, you know, now what do you do? I mean, I think if I had, you know, got caught short the last couple days, yeah, maybe trying to bring some in under 10. But I was watching the trade and between like 980 and 10, and there's some accumulation going on. There's also – uh, uh, some daily lows. I can't tell you how many daily lows there are in like at the 950 area. So maybe a little bit more, maybe taking on some weakness. But on the other hand, like if this somehow gets like a 10 bid, like a stick, like I really think someone wants to own, bring in some stock at 10. 
instead of trying to pick a bottom at like 950 or 960, maybe if it establishes a 10 bid. It's good then, fly. Yeah, you know, and, and and say okay, and then maybe lean on the pre-market low. But man, yep. it's just I just I can't short into this area right here where my cursor is. I just can't short into that many daily lows. I can't short at nine seventy-seven here, thinking that I'm going to walk in and buy it at nine thirty or nine forty, right? And I don't want to risk above ten. So we're not yeah. two anymore, Joel. This is a fantastic point. I love the setup, and I've learned this setup from you years ago where you were so inclined to use that opening price and if you come back down so let's just say we open a little bit below 10 but 10 is such a key number so sometimes the setup is where the stock opens jot down that price let's say it opens at like 980 let it dip a little bit if it comes back up through that opening price that's often the opportunity because then you're not catching the falling knife you're trying to catch the turn. And so many people are marked from that opening price because it's a big event. It's a big liquidity event where Huge. a lot of people are buying or selling on the open. So it becomes a marker for a lot of people. Same thing with the close. Those, be, those become big events too. So let's just say hypothetically we're just set up the trade. Snapchat opens 985. And then it leaks down like 960. Well, you can't touch it yet. No touching because it's still going down. But it comes back up through that open, 985, and then kind of establishes that 10 area that you're talking about. That's when you would strike. So if you think it's going to turn around, that would be the game plan for me as well. Um, I have no position in Snap. I don't know if I intend to trade this one because it's it's actually, um, you know, usually I don't trade the, you know, the leaders of the day. And this is one of the leaders of the day. I usually like following the laggards, you know, my relationships. I use that as an indicator on what to do on other stocks. But if I was trading it, that's what I would do as, a, as opposed to just coming blindly buying it here at 977. Mm-hmm. It just goes without you and you miss the trade. But you have a, a lot less risk. And then you're leaning on that low of the day. I like that. Move. There you go. I was just going to say the most important thing, right? Yeah. Leaning on that low of the day. Yeah. I mean, and if you get, you know, if you get it, you get caught, you know, it goes 980, 985, and you get stuffed and it goes back down to, you know, 950 or 960. At least it's, you know, it's a setup and you're catching it when it's moving up as opposed to when uh, it's moving down. But it's just like, there's sellers. You can just see at that chart, a lot of consolidation. But uh, that's about as much time anybody's going to spend on Snapchat. Did, well, did you- Spinner, Spinner pointed out a good point. So we're going to take it to Tesla here. And, you know, it's a good teaching opportunity here on this strategy. If we go back to January the 6th, the Tesla low. And somebody downgraded it that day. Remember? That was why it was City group. to reach 100. City group. They, 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 they bottom ticked. They downgraded it right at the very bottom. The worst possible call you can make of the year so far. And what happened that day was it opened low 103. Everybody thinks, okay, this is it. It's going through 100 bucks. I even thought it was going to go through 100 bucks. Come this far, why would it not go through 100 bucks? But no, pulled around and reversed. Um, got down to as low as 101.81 that day, then started coming up through the 103. And if you would have bought it, leaning on the low of that 101.81, you would never got stopped out. And the stock closed very strong that day, up at 113.06. And that was the key reversal we were looking for. A stock was downgraded. It turns it around on bad news and closes higher on a, on a downgrade to sell from a major brokerage turned around mm-hmm. and closed higher. And then it consolidated for like three, four days. And that's when JC Peretz noticed it. That's when we were talking about on the show too. We liked it at 125 to 150. Obviously it's continued the path, but you know, there was a nicer setup from 125 to 150. It got a little dicey after 150, but you know, it just continued on. So um, you can use stops and obviously hold on to those positions as well. But it's just, we're just trying to teach you how to trade these things, these, these crazy movers from a bit safer perspective. 
So, you know, if it does take out those opens, then lean on the low of the day. If you're a day trader, those that's the way I try to approach it as well. Uh, Mitch and I, and this, it, it took off, uh, Tesla took off when, uh, when I was gone and what we had been looking at was like the yearly close because it, it, it closed, it ended last year at one twenty three eighteen, right. And it traded, I mean, it traded all the way down to one oh one eighty one. So it wasn't like a, a walk in the park, you know, January play. Uh, but Mitch and I were just talking about that yearly close at one twenty three eighteen, where, you know, if it could show strength in that area and it barely blinked like it was, well, it hung out there for a couple days, but then it went positive and then you just had the full actually had one day where you really had a chance to get it at that area. Then it took off. So uh, look, at maybe a little toppy here. I'm not calling the top, but I'm just alerting our traders and investors that uh, 180. There's someone staked out there at 180. Your two and three day highs are there. So Tesla likes to turn on levels like that. So we'll keep an eye on 180. High close of the move, 177.90. That's still a couple bucks away here. So if you're looking for a target, medium term target, 177.90, that was Friday's close. Money Mitch, you got your Tesla short covered? Oh, yeah. Covered it right out the gates, uh, 164. Nice, nice trade. And obviously, you know, we talked about the support down there at 161. So you didn't wait right for that low support. You're like, I looked good for enough. the first whoosh at the open, was looking yeah. for a whoosh lower, it went down to 162, didn't go to 161. So be it. When it started coming back up, I'm not going to stay in it. It was more just the upside momentum that had gone too far. I expected a little bit of a pullback. Didn't expect it to come back to, let's say, the 150 area. That's where I think definitely you'd find some buy the dippers. So I wasn't going to hang around from that. Now I think all about Tesla is 200. That's what everyone's going to be looking for. Does it get to that 200 or not? I think a lot of people will be watching to see if it can get to the next levels. Um, and on ADP just, just came out too. Yeah, ADP, uh, eight fifteen. Let's let's get those numbers in here. It looks like up two hundred and fifty three thousand. Just reading from CNBC, still in their content because they still are too. But it's this is public content. Just, just quick, it's on the screen. <laughs> I missed it. They changed it, so we'll let you read it off of the pro. The pro not, mo not moving too much. It here. increased by one hundred and six thousand in January. Annual pay was up about seven point three percent. Trying to look. To the comparison of the estimate there. Looks like we added 106,000. Let me just go to the My Economic tab, just get you guys the estimate at least there. ADP, yeah. I mean, the, the jobs numbers haven't really been making an effect as of late. Uh, the consensus was 178,000, so lower, like usual. Jobs robust. Wouldn't you think so? Um, that's, that's what we've been seeing, right? And I don't expect to hear anything different from Jerome Powell today, right? I mean, FOMC. Yeah, meeting. you know what? I wanted to talk about that real quick because yeah, can, this is, uh, man, oh, man. It's a little different scenario, uh, but I got the spy up here. And in December, I mean, I've probably said this a hundred times to you guys. In December, this pop here, and I'll, I'll uh, grab an arrow, that was off a good CPI number, right? Uh, let me get my arrow down. This this was a good CPI number, and they just jacked the market. I was gone, forty-one eighty. They took it to, and then then they sold it off. The I mean, forty handles even before the open, and then your inner. This just shows the inner day that it opened right at the high, and it and it sold off that day. And I was like, oh okay, you know, we had a nice pop, and then 
Powell hammered the market. I mean, this was his comments like, yeah, I don't care about the CPI. We're, we're staying hawkish. And that and look what the market did in three or four days. It went for the spoos. It was back to 3,800. This went to 38,380. Uh, I mean, is this, I mean, it, it kind of feels that like it's the same setup again. The I, market's I thought, rallied. Yeah. I but thought the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's too obvious though. Okay. I think it's too obvious and because I was thinking the exact same thoughts. I'm like, we're kind of are the same setup. And I think a lot of people maybe are going to think the same setup. He says anything. So I think everybody's expecting him to be hawkish. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's expecting him to stay mm-hmm. the course. I think that's what's expected. If he says any type of a hint of dovishness, we rip through 410. So I don't know what he's going to say. Nobody knows what he's going to say. He's going to have to be very careful even in the conference and the questions because if he comes off at all, just a schmidgen, the smallest little speck of dovishness, (laughs) they will, the bulls will grab that and run with it. So they want just the hint, the smallest hint of dovishness. So he's got to be very, very careful. If he wants to stay hawkish, he's going to have to be very careful in in the Q&A as well. So I'm it's a scared. I'm scared for the it. full bears here. I'm scared, and I'm so you not don't sure think you don't think traders are being too optimistic no, looking for a dovish Fed? No, I don't think so. I think there's still. I think this is the whole reason we've rallied, Mitch, is that the traders are simply too bearish. This, this. So is let's that just what take you're seeing, back. though? Is that what you're seeing? Because that, I don't exactly, see that. That's exactly what is happening. I see I mean, everyone yelling bull market. No, they're they're just. You've got the technicians like J.C. Peretz that are going. So don't don't confuse, you know, like tape reading people who are reading the tape with the fundamental traders out there. Mm-hmm. You get it on CNBC, and everybody's still expecting a pullback here eventually. You yeah. know, you've got major players. You got Michael Berry coming out and saying flat out sell in a tweet last night. I mean, there is bear a lot of bearishness still out there. And even myself, I have a lot of cash in the long term portfolio, which is not doing well. But you've got to respect this tape. To J.C. Pratt's point and to the point that we've been making on this show, I don't care how bearish you are right now, you cannot fight this tape. You cannot be sitting here and saying, yeah, we're going to win eventually. Maybe you are, but I'm not going to sit around and wait for that. I mean, you just missed a huge move in January if you're waiting for that. If I would have stayed on the full bearish train, I would have had a terrible January. My January was okay, uh, but you know, if I would have stayed on the full bearish train, I would have been losing money in January. So you can't do it. You got to go with what you're seeing. But what I'm saying is taking it back there. I think everybody has been so dang bearish. And that's what it is too. It's expectations. Like let's call these earnings. If everybody was so rah-rah bullish, these earnings would have knocked us down. The problem is everybody's so rah-rah bearish and these earnings weren't that bad. They weren't, yeah. They weren't great, but they they were okay. They were passable. They weren't good though. I mean, if we were in rah rah bull land, these earnings would have to be good for these stocks to go higher. These stocks are going up on bad earnings. Microsoft cut guidance. They did. They flat out cut guidance on that call. I listened. That was a painful call to listen for an hour and a half. They cut <laughs> guidance across the board lightly, but they cut it across the board. And what did they do? They hit it for a day, and then they bought the crap out of it. So that's they, just they, they, they brought it back that day. They the, brought the, it back. The, yeah. Well, not that night. They hit it for like that night. This yeah. next morning they brought it back. Here, yeah, they brought yeah. it back the next morning because it was the evening. So I mean, that's this is the reason why it's there's so many bears out there that are I mean, they're going to run them over. And I don't know when everybody does go rah rah bullish, that's the time to turn. And you know, you joked off the bat. Kramer has finally went full bullish here. 
So maybe we are getting close to a turn with Kramer, when Kramer's going full bullish. You know, it scares me as well. But I still got to be playing this a little bit, leaning long almost, not into the Fed. You want to lean, you want to be hedged into the Fed because I, I don't. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But I think if you get a dip off of the off the Powell numbers, I'm not sure it continues. I think I I I think they're going to come and buy the dip as well. Yeah, and then as far as the upside goes, I mean, I just put an arrow for that uh, Microsoft day. Um, I'll just go back to the S and P's here. I mean, what do you? It, let's say you are shortened here. Uh, you know, you're going, you know, going Michael Berry here. You know, or you're just. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing you can lean on to me would be that high from Friday, that high from last week. It's four oh eight sixteen. It's a night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's two points away. The S and P's. It's still about thirty handles away. I mean, where are you going to go? I mean, you want to ride it up to, uh, you know, four ten. That you know, there's just what happens above four ten here. There's nothing. There's absolute air between four ten and four twenty. So you know, just like in in the snap where you take a position and you can have an out. You know, if you're shortened. You've been shortened for a while. You've been getting stopped out. You know, you think he's going to do something hawkish. Well, then, you know, you have something to lean on. And look at the monthlies, too. The monthlies are bunching up, uh, you know, really 408 to 410. I mean, and they also had a, a monthly high uh, just above that. But uh, it's a nice setup. It's really a nice setup going into it. But, um, yeah, you know, when everyone expects something, a lot of times it doesn't turn out. But um, did we uh, – let's get back. Uh, 823, yeah, we, we got Ryan Dietrich on. But and can we just can change that? Change the, I want, I'm curious. You did the right thing with the poll question. You tried to put up there really fast. Just ask, are you bullish? I already told them. Bullish or bearish? Put the words bullish, bearish, not yes and no. Can you change it to I, bullish I, I already, I already got the vote going there, so I'm just going to leave it there. I already told the chat pretty okay, much. Okay, because it's confusing. Yes, I, I was wanted to no. vote it too, and then I got bullish confused. Is I love yes, the idea bearish of the vote. Is no. Bullish so is bullish. yes, bearish is no. Everyone's going for the bullish so far. It's about okay. 58% on the bull side, almost 60% for a while there. We went, we went into the 50s. But, I mean, the chat, the chat's saying bullish. We'll see. We'll see if the bears start coming in. Now it's 55%. I will tell you with certainty, if the market was full rah-rah bull mode for the last month, if people were full rah-rah bull, Mm -hmm. then they wouldn't be buying these stocks. The expectations would have been so much higher. The expectations were in the gutter because everybody was just too dang bearish. That's the whole reason we have rallied. Because these earnings, Mitch, it's not like they're blowing it away. They're raising guidance. It's a party. They've had this has been a crappy earnings season. These have been crappy earnings, and the stocks are still going up. So I gotta respect that price action. That's the possibly the worst possible price action <laughs> for bears is when they're buying stocks on bad news. It's exactly what you don't want to see if you're bearish. I believe eventually the bears are going to win here, but I think there's more pain ahead for the bears just for the simple reason that. That's what the market does. It punishes the maximum amount of participants. It wants to punish all the bears, and then they'll punish the bulls after they shake out all the bears. So it's a tough market. You did good on the Tesla short, Mitch, but it has been an exceptionally tough January to be short, short stocks. 100%. And Let's we'll, go to – Well, just oh, before ahead, you Joe. do that, look what, the, look what the Fed has thrown at the market, right? And, uh, you know, to, to, to bust it. As far as uh, you know, um, you know, un- unemployment. And if you could look at it like, wow, this 
is this market still holding up with rates going up and just like the fastest rate they've ever have gone up in history and unemployment is, I mean, this is, is that strong of a market when they finally relent? I think that's what, I think that's what people are thinking is that, you know, wow, this they think that the still... fed won't break the markets. What? That never happens. But, but, but here's the that's deal. Where, that's where, I, I, that's where history points to the complete opposite of what is saying out there. History points that the fed breaks the market causes recession then the labor market breaks and then we get completely the destruction that we're looking at we, we already didn't the fed already break the market though they, we were down 33 percent on the nasdaq last year did the fed not already do some significant damage to the market they haven't caused the recession yet you you're by your definition which you were saying in a month ago we did have a recession because we had two quarters of negative gdp yeah so by your definition they did I don't feel a recession out there. I feel like it should be a lot worse. And Mitch, I'm 100% the thing is, with you. My head is completely with you. My logic is completely with you. I've been screaming this logic. But again, I can't trade that way. That's Because true. it's not allowing that's me true. to do it. The tape, yeah, trading trading, and investing, two different boats, right? It, it, totally. Totally. And that's boats. why I'm under One's a cruise. I might be wrong. I, I have to open up the whole thing. Because the market is telling, how do you know you're wrong when the market's moving against you in price? So mm -hmm. I have to open up the possibility that maybe there will be a soft landing. I have to have that possibility open. And maybe I should be buying dips in the long-term portfolio. Um, yeah. And you're going to get some dips yet. There's going to be some dips. Maybe we should be doing that because maybe the worst is behind us. Maybe the October lows don't get breached. Maybe we do eventually go back to all-time highs. Not on these small little Kathy stocks, but on you know on a lot of stocks, we already are making all-time highs. So I have to open up the possibility that this whole bearish thesis that me and you, Mitch, have been chanting, which we have been, I will yeah. fully admit, I've been in the long-term bear camp for a long time here now. And maybe I've overstayed my welcome. Maybe I should have turned bullish in October with every when the market started to bottom. Maybe we should have turned bullish when J.C. Peretz apparently turned bullish back in June. Um, you know, I think you would have lost some money if you stayed in June, but there was some stuff that's went up since then. Um, but yeah, I don't I know mean, how long. So I'll ask you, Mitch, how yeah. long do you stay bearish when the market continues to go higher? How what at what point would you say, okay, I'm wrong, I'm turning bullish? Just let just I have it at the chart. I have it on the chart right now. It's circled 420. Literally. So, so it's going to run to 420 and then you're going to get bullish? That's when I would have to because then it's going to be the buy the dip mentality for everybody. But isn't that a buy the rip if you're if it goes up to 420? Isn't I'm not, I'm not going to buy it there. I'm going to look for the dip at that point, right? Um, at this point, I'm just renting stocks upwards. Renting. Not buying and holding. This is why renting. market timing is so hard. It's really so, hard. It's so difficult. And, That's true. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, and... It's, you know, whatever. I took a hit last year, right? So I had to sell some stock, you know, yeah. had some losses, still sitting on some losses and stuff. But to try, you know, it does, you're much more nimble, you know, you, you know, mm -hmm. with your portfolios and stuff. I, you know, didn't add to a lot of things, you know, perhaps I should have, but it's just kind of like standing pat, you know, just kind of like the, the market timing, I mean, is like, it's tough, and Dennis, you you wear the different hats. You're you know you're day so trading or whatever. Yeah, but some yeah, like sometimes it's just uh, you know it makes it really hard. And we we've had some you know some decent you know market timing calls, but you know 
those are, you know, those are firing, you know, I mean, it's to nail those major moves, the pandemic. All right. That was three years ago. Right. I mean, whatever you move on from that. I am a little bit upset that you did sell some Rivian yesterday, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> I kept a, I kept a small position for you because it took out the low of the move. It did. So technically, I should have been stopped out on your stop, but I didn't sell it. And then I had the ridiculous turn there. So I sold 1930. Okay. I got out, I think 1928, right in there. I sold another chunk of it. I kept the one small, small position. But, you know, you talked about the low of the move. It took out the low of the move. No, so it, no, the I didn't low get stopped move, out the low of the move. I waited for the bounce after the low again. The low of the move was 1528. Now, the only thing. But I, you in, said the double bottom you were supposed to take out. At 18. Out I said, but when we talked about, I don't know if it was on the show. Or it was uh, in our chat afterwards. I said, you know, if it, it had to close over eighteen, and it dipped to seventeen seventy-seven, whatever. It's a small position. And like I'm telling you, I don't know if this is the one that goes. I've just I've seen you get in some of these stocks, and I've in like a Unity or something like that, and you know, and I and I've seen you sell early, and so I was just. Just trying to I try always to, sell early. I know. So I'm just trying to, I was just trying to keep you in the trade because I, I, you know, yeah. it wasn't even a big position for you. But, and uh, you make the same mistakes, you know, time and time again. You know, you, you, you saw, oh, this is a great sell price. It looks great for a day, a day and a half yeah. or two days. And then all of a sudden you look three, four months later and you're like, wow. Are, not even three or four, you know. That, uh, well, that was in days. the bull market. So that was again, a bull. That's a different story. Market. But that is my story. You know, I talk with my buddy from Bright Trading all the time. I mean, I'm like FIFO. I'm like first in, first out. <laughs> like I identify the turns usually before anyone else. Again, it's not it's market experience, but it's also just being in in the trenches. You know, I'm trading so much that I'm probably going to identify a turn quicker than the average bear because I'm just in there. I'm trading so much. I mean, it's one thing to watch the markets, but when you're actively trading it all the time, you get a better feel for it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a very good day trader, but it's like FIFO. I'm first in, first out. I get the turn. I can identify, you know, like, you know, like, oh, this feels pretty good. Like Carvana, for instance. You know, I had a fantastic trade in that, buying that thing back, you know, when it just started going at like 450. And then it went up to like, 560 and i was like i just made 25 percent of my money in a day i'm like boom out and then it goes 10 bucks i'm like why did i sell <laughs> so i mean i'm fifo i'm first in first out and i don't know if i can break that it's worked for me you know maybe you just continue to do that like a lot of technicians like to get the meat of the move in the middle of the move at least they say they get the meat um you know i'm more of like i take the first bite and then i move on to take the first bite of something else so it's just my style i guess but i'd love to hold on to stuff a little bit better obviously exits i've always struggled with um and tools I've always been pretty good at. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. 832. We got Ryan Dietrich on coming on in just a few minutes. We gotta have a little sympathy for Ryan here with uh, uh with the with the Bengals loss. That was a tough loss. But uh let's go AMD. Do we do the actual earnings? I know we we've been going on a lot of tangents today, Mitch. Did we no, actually let's do lock the, it out here? Yeah. Q4 EPS 69 cents beat the 67 cent estimate. Sales of 5.6 billion beat the 5.5 billion estimate. They do see Q1 revenue at 5 billion to 5.6 billion versus a 5.5 billion estimate. 
they did say in PC market, we're planning for PC total addressable market to be down 10% for 23. It says as we enter 23, expect overall demand environment to remain mixed with ha uh, second half stronger than the first half. Pop, pop, pop. This is, I see the setup here. I'll give it to you real quick. Then Triple D, you can give your analysis. It's just all about this 79 area. You got the 78, 77 in the pre-market. Man, you had a rip off the October low. You failed there. You made another <laughs> attempt at it. You're back here. So that's my line in the sand, 79. I don't know where to buy this thing today if I was the short-term trader. Uh but I would just, if this thing bust over 79, things are open. But still in a trading range, near the top of the trading range since October, I'm still going to respect that. Triple D? Um, again, rallying. This report was not very good. But Intel mm -hmm. had moved the bar so low. I mean, they literally put the bar on the ground and AMD just had It'll make it hard. <laughs> What's that? They don't make it hard to beat that bar. No, they put the bar on the <laughs> ground and they just had to step over the bar. And I yeah. guess they stepped over the bar, but they barely stepped over the bar. Yeah. This report was not great at all. But it doesn't matter. It made it look like it's Intel's problems and not AMD problems. And they found a reason to buy it. And we're just in this market where good enough is good enough. That's all investors are expecting. I don't know what they're going to do when the dust settles. You know, six months from now, and all these earnings are lower, and the stocks are higher, and they're paying twenty-five times earnings. I don't, you know, on on a multiple because I think the earnings are going to continue to go down. I don't get it, but at the same time, I respect it. And right now, good enough is good enough. That's what this AMD report was. It was good enough, and that's uh, why the stock is trading higher. Yeah, snap, sneaking back here. Uh, now at the ten, so there goes our uh, a little bit uh, different trade scenario there. But uh, the quiet, quiet uh, buyers out there, snap right at ten bucks, uh, down a buck fifty six. Also breaking, I guess it's old breaking news. But uh, TB Tom Brady officially retiring. Did he? Uh, yeah. Come on, guys, don't even. He did that already once. Why, why are we talking he's, about this? He's got to do it. Yeah. Why are it, we talking about this? He'll be back in two weeks. You want back? That's it. That's it. You He'll be back, back in he two weeks. He already retired uh, and he came back. Nah. Come on. What does he have to look forward to now? He lost his wife. He doesn't have nothing but football. Come on. He's going man, back. Man, he's 46 to years old, man. And he, and he can't and he can't pitch uh, FTX He's going back to football. Either. Come on, man. Uh, he lost all that FTX money. Dolphins will pay him. Come Steak on dinner. over, Tom. Steak dinner. He should have retired last year. I, I mean, if he gets retired the right offense behind him, he could still get nah, him in a Super Bowl. No, man. It, I don't. It's it's it's. Dude, he's forty six years they old. They made him pass more than any it's other so team. Old, man. He was the number one passing quarterback this season. You think because he, he had to throw it? so many passes? Yeah, it's, it's too hard. It's he too still hard. has it, man. Where's, he just needs, where, right. needs a team. We, 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 we digress. We digress. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll right. tell you. There's someone in the back that might have an opinion also on this. Let's go ahead. Let's bring him on. Let's get to our interview. What's going on, Ryan? How we doing? Welcome back. It's good to have you on. Guys, thanks. I heard you're talking about the big retirement. Yeah, big um, retirement. Is, is he staying? Oz, retired Ozzy Osbourne retired from touring. Is that what we're talking about? Exactly. My kind of guy. <laughs> Ozzy and Tom Brady both, I swear, have said this about 10 times each. I hope Ozzy comes back. I'm not so sure about Tom Brady. I mean, congrats on a good career, but maybe it was time for him. He did have a terrible year, didn't he? My goodness gracious, everything happened to him. But anyway, I'm glad to be here, guys. 
Good to okay. have you on. All right, Mr. Bull. We had someone on yesterday right. that was more bullish than you. Uh, but I don't know. But you you come with the good statistics. So goes January. So goes the market. Fed meeting today. What do you got in your bag of tricks there, Ryan? Yeah, let's see if I can share my screen. Give me one second here. I got okay. something in my bag today. Here we go. Here we go. All right, hopefully you guys see that. You should see it, right? Got you right now. Perfect. Not quite yet. There it okay. is. Got it. Got All right, it got so it. I did share this with you guys whenever I was on, maybe about a month ago or so, and I've shared it a couple times, but it is just the calendar, and I get it. There's a lot of stuff to look at, but, you know, we just were in a midterm year. Usually midterm years aren't that great. We've talked about that. Now, did we at Carson Group see a 25% bear market more in small caps, more in tech? No. We were on record saying we could see a 15% correction, and we thought stocks would come back. So, yeah, we didn't get that part, but I'll tell you, it's really interesting when you've got the October low, which you tend to see in a midterm year, and then look at the calendar, right? Every strategist out there, and they're all, I got CNBC right to my right, they're all saying the same thing. First half's going to be terrible. This is just a bear market bounce. You know, we would say no. We disagree with that, as I've laid out, you know, for a while now. But these, th this quarter, next quarter, the previous quarter, those are some of the best quarters out of the four-year presidential cycle. So it's not that simple, but I think it's just something that we wouldn't ignore. Now, these next two are silly. Don't invest in this. Remember the Astros <laughs> winning? Remember when Philadelphia wins, all bad things get? I think that's maybe one reason we've had a big bounce. And the second one, don't invest in this. It's Year of the Rabbit. So oh, the rabbit. the rabbit. Yeah, a little, little, <laughs> little cute little rabbit. Historically, not too bad for stocks. Again, don't invest in this, but the Year of the Rabbit <laughs> is not a reason to get worried. So the Phillies losing in the Year of the Rabbit, good things. Now, here's another one, right? So we were down last year. We know that. We tend to bounce back. I mean, let me make sure I get my numbers right. Up 80% of the time the next year, 15% on average. And we just had a January of 6%. I'll get to the January barometer very soon. But the one that got me is when you're down 20%, you have really big bounce backs, never lower. Now, I get it. Last year was down 19.4. Close enough for government work, in my opinion. The 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 the, um, the stage was set, right, for a, for a pretty significant bounce this year. And that's kind of the mm -hmm. case. Where we released our outlook a few weeks ago at Carson Group. We think that stocks can gain between 12 to 15%. Halfway there. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, this we're in the camp that we're not going to have a recession. I think, uh, yeah, good. Inflation, right? Yesterday we saw the ECI. I'm not an economist. I play one on TV. But that's the cost, right? What is What is Jerome Powell been talking about? The cost. If costs are high, we're in a 1970s spiral. The, the in, employment costs are coming down faster than people think. All this inflation data. I know this is more of a, you know, what's the market doing? What's going on with trading? But I'll tell you, with, with the Fed, the Fed has got one more rate hike in our opinion. 25 basis points, to, I guess it's today, right? Today. And then they take the foot off the pedal. And I, I don't know what in the world Fed policy means to markets. I just know the reaction is positive. When I see every bit of inflation data coming back more, we like that. Just a couple more. So goes January, goes the year. It's all over the place. I've been quoted all over about it. It is what it is. Last year, January is down. Bad years. Never that simple. But when January's up, you see it. The next 11 months, up 12% of the time, up 12% on average, higher 86% of the time. What gets me is when you have a big January, like we just did, up 5%. You guys see it there. 14% the rest of the year, higher 86% of the time. When you're down in January, you don't do as well. Just little bullet points. When you lay all these on top of each other, some of the things we've been pointed out, I just still think the path of least resistance is higher and likely much higher than most people think. Um, I, two more than, than we can stop. Uh, when you have a big January like we just did and a negative year the year before, oh, small sample size. I get it. Only five times, but my oh my, I wouldn't want to ignore it 
30% for the full year. We're not calling for 30% this year, but I am saying, I, I call this a bullish slingshot. I don't know if I coined it myself or not, but I think that's kind of cool. But it's like you had this bad year and you have this slingshot higher. So be aware there still could be some upside. The trifecta of bullishness. Maybe you've had some guests talk about this. We were up in Santa Claus. So seven days of Santa Claus rally. Up the first five days of the year. Now we were just up in January. You see it there. I want to make sure I read it correctly. The whole year is up 90% of the time, up 17% on average. This is more normal. You see a bunch of years this happened, right? When the warning signs were last year, when January was bad, first five days were bad. Those were some warning signs. Um, I think I've got like, we'll skip that one. This is a, this is a big picture one. What if, right? What if October was the lows? Who knows? We think it was. One year off the lows, you're up 40% on average. Two years off the lows of nearly 60% on average. A lot of reasons. One of the reasons I came on to you guys back then, small caps didn't make new lows, right? A lot of sectors did not make new lows in October. Yeah, communications and tech did. But most stocks bottomed in June. This is that relative strength, why we like small caps, why we like cyclical value. That's the way we've been positioned last year and continue to be positioned. And I think the last one, I probably talk pretty fast, but you know, I get excited about this stuff. Haven't even talked about those terrible refs in the Bengals game either. I kept my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was anyway, last one, last one, guys, and you can fire, fire away. Golden Cross is coming. What's a Golden Cross? When that 50-day goes above the 200-day. Most people on this are traders. They've probably heard of it. Believe me, it's not a short-term signal, but it can be a nice long-term signal. It is what it is, guys. We're about to have one. We're going to be more than 10% from the all-time high when it hits. That's pretty rare, okay? And you see the numbers. Let me make sure I'm reading them right. Higher a year later, uh, 15 out of 16 times of 16 wow. on average. That's going to happen in the next week or two. So, again, just a bunch of bullet points I threw out there. Um, not Just take them all with a grain of salt by themselves. But we stack them all together with a guy named Sonu Varghese on our team, our macroeconomist who looks at this data like nobody's business and says, we are not going to have a recession is our base case. We think, again, the first half of this year is going to surprise everybody and be stronger. Maybe the second half it slows down, but we still think stocks can gain between 12 and 15% this year, led by cyclical value in small caps. And we think, you know, better times are coming. I'm going to get a drink of water. Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing, man. My ears are tired. He's, he's uh, I don't know prepared. what I just said. Remember when Will, um, Will Farrell did... um. Um, old school, and they asked him that real hard question, and he zoned out and just said a bunch of stuff. I, I think that's what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's consistent with what you've been saying. Uh, you know, the last few times that uh, mm -hmm. you know that you've yeah. been on, um, it's just been this rotation, right? Mm -hmm. We we brought this up a few times. That the thing that's still, I mean, big tech. If it and we got some big earnings coming coming up, right? Yep. With uh, Apple and Google, <laughs> to me. If they could just hang in there, right? I don't necessarily they have to, you know, take off. Apple doesn't have to go back to 175, 180 or whatever, or you know, yeah. Google get back up to its old time. It seems to me if they could just hang in there, that you have enough of a rotation. Right now, the rotation's in the growth to keep us afloat here. So just uh give us your, you know, is mega cap tack? I mean, that was always the place to be. Uh then it wasn't growth was a yep. place to be. Then it wasn't. What do you what do you think the next is this just going to be a steady rotation here with, uh, you know, with uh, into the growth? Because it's been strong so far. What's yeah, your, it's a nice change. I mean, yeah. Last year, obviously, value outperformed growth, by, I believe, 21 percent. Now, here's oh, we're still in the value camp. and I know growth has been strong, but here's why. <clears throat> in 2000, that was the last time we saw value outperform growth like it did. Then I go over like 22 or 23 percent back in 2000. Tech bubble value did better. The next six years, value outperformed growth. We just had this huge growth run. 
the way we're positioning our models and the portfolios, the money that we run for our more than 350 Carson advisors, we are still tilting toward value. We're still tilting toward cyclical growth. We're more even weight tech. I mean, just the fact tech's participating, and it is leading. Don't get me wrong. It's leading this month. We know that. We may get by the end of the day, end of the day being end of the year. Tech will be more even weight, maybe around where the market is. We still think, I mean, you guys talk about this stuff, those base metals, right? The steel companies, China reopening. I mean, I don't know what materials make up in the S&P. I probably should. Three, four, five percent. I mean, we're we're tilting a little bit toward materials, right? We're tilting a little more toward uh, industrials, financials. Those are the groups we've liked. We still like technology. It's great. It's participating. We think it might come back to earth, but just the fact that it's hanging in there is a big difference, for, obviously, from 2022. What what could upset the apple cart? What what uh, you know? What could be the uh, you know? I mean, we thought a war, right? In yep. the Ukraine, Taiwan. What you know? What interest rates? Fed. What what is it? What what's out there lurking that uh, you know is going to der- derail the market? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all those. I wish I had like some real smart answer to give you. I mean, the Fed, I'm anxious to see what the Fed has to say today. I mean, the truth is the Fed, they we think they'll only 125 more basis point hike. I mean, but the Fed could say, no, we're going to continue to be aggressive. I don't know how they can be with some of the inflation data coming back. But that could be clearly a potential policy mistake. And this time a year ago, who truly expected the war, right? I don't think too many people we, we saw, I think they were lining up on the border. We didn't, didn't think there'd be a war. And there was. So that's called a black swan for a reason. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, I guess to us, um, you know, higher interest rates, inflation, some of those things. But the good news is we, we're not seeing that data. And honestly, um, you know, could the consumer start the weekend? We're not seeing the consumer weekend that much. Look what American Express CEO just said. Look what Visa mm-hmm. just said. I mean, the consumer is not slowing down. And honestly, you look at PMIs, I'm too geeky with stuff. When PMIs are low, it's when you want to buy. When consumer confidence is low, historically, it's when you want to buy. So that's where that's where we still are in a lot of these things. So we've got the same worries as everybody else. But I'll tell you, we, we just think um, – we're going to avoid that recession, and not, that's not a popular call. And we think the bull market's going to do pretty well this year. Again, not the world's most popular call, but so far, since October lows, you know, we've yeah. we've done well in our models, the way we position things, and we think they can continue. You're okay. Right here, Ryan. Now, one thing that I do see, though, Ryan, of course, each of the previous three bear markets, of course, it took a long time for the Fed to cut, and then we bottomed. Yeah. Why are we bottoming before the cut? Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my head just exploded. I'm not sure on that one. I mean, I'll tell you, when it comes, when it comes to Fed policy, we think they're going to hike rates one more time and leave things where they are. I think the market is pricing in. It's a change in shift. Right? Once you start cutting, it's kind of a change in policy. Just the fact we had the 40 year, most aggressive Fed policy in 40 years, four hikes at 75 basis points. We all lived through it. We all saw it last year. You know, the fact that they're likely going to just leave rates where they are, um, that's kind of that change, that pivot, if you will, that honestly, this time three, four months ago, most people weren't expecting. If you were looking at, I think I might have brought this guy's brought this up with you. Used car prices were tanking, rent prices mm-hmm. have been tanking. That's not even in the Fed's data. Or I'm sorry, the government's data. Yet. That's private data we're seeing. We've been talking about it nonstop. But Carson Group say, listen, this is a big deal. This stuff's coming back. It's going to eventually get to the government's data. Then everybody's going to notice it. And now we think uh, we think we're there. But yeah, that, that's a that's good. That's a good point about you know the rate cut. And we just don't see one this year. I think they're going to leave it where it is. They saw the playbook in the 70s. The 70s inflation high. They hiked. Mm-hmm. Inflation came down. Then they started cutting again. They're going to leave rates, I think, where I they agree. are for Boehner this year. I think it. I I think moving forward, um, I think maybe they'll start to come down. But I just think you know they probably would have started raising rates in twenty, but they had the pandemic. They had to totally break out a new playbook, right? Mm-hmm. I and I don't think that super low rates. I mean, they they were good. They were needed. It helped us, you know, get to a tough situation. But you know. I, I don't see the. I see if rates are steady, the market can hold in here. 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the pivot. I don't, I don't, I mean, until I think they really got to save their bullets for when and if uh, things get uh, really bad. So uh, just uh, before we let you go, just uh, looking at, uh, you know, do you have any kind of targets? I mean, the market always vacillates and everything, but uh, always like, you, what was your year-end target you mentioned? Uh, well, yeah, we, we think the S&P can gain between 12 and 15%, which if my math is right, that's about 4,400 to 4,500. But so with that's not more, new, yeah, that's yeah, more, not, not a new high. Not, But I'll tell you, when you look at some of the data I just mentioned, there's a potential, right? Jim Carrey, you're telling me there's a chance. We're not calling it, but, that, you know, much like my Bengals out of 14 teams in the playoffs were the youngest team, and they got some offensive line guys coming back, make a difference. Maybe, you know, that can be good, and maybe the bull market can keep going. I had to do one Bengals reference there. Yeah. All right, last one I'll leave you with, Ryan, is just about inflation in services yep. and rent. When should we start seeing this start to turn? When do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the private data rents already. You've got apartment list, you've got Zillow. We've seen, I think, three or four months of rent prices actually decreasing. So the way it works with the government, government doesn't check it so fast. It takes six to nine months to get in there. So within the next quarter or so, we'll probably start to see some better government data on rents, but we're already seeing it in the private data, which is why we think the market is bouncing so much the last three months. Well, thank you, like always, coming with the stats and not oh, man, holding stop, back. Definitely, if you guys aren't following Ryan Dietrich on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing because uh, you're probably not even on Twitter. He's killing it. Appreciate you, like always, Ryan, coming in and bringing in all the information and even getting to the question that I tried to stump him on. You guys saw him. He had the answer for it. Yeah. We'll see you next time, Ryan. I've Take done care. so many of these. I can BS anything at this point. I think. Oh, I, I know how it is, yeah. man. You're killing it, We'll man. try to get you next question. time. Yeah. All right, guys. Up, I appreciate it. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. Take care. All right, let's take a look into the market. How are we doing? We're, We're quiet. Quiet. Ooh, down to calm the before the Powell storm. The calm yeah. before the storm, right? It's going to be a tough day for sure. There was a lot of earnings reports we haven't gotten to, so I just want to kind of mention some of this. Uh, EA uh, missing big on EPS and sales. Uh, so you guys see EA down today. Uh, I, don't, wow. I don't expect this one coming back anytime soon, uh, but – Let's talk. Let's bring up the chart there. Um, I just need to keep it simple. It's already they're, they're not back, seeing so. anything. Yeah, I know. Uh, and has already arrived here, Mitch, because it's yeah. already bouncing. 115 is huge support. I actually thought about buying this myself last night because it was getting down to those September lows. I mean, you're giving us a shot on a good company like EA down at the September lows. I mean, this market's probably going to take that shot. So I think it is coming back sooner than later. I would be buying the dip on EA just because we're in this buy the dip market here right now. And we've seen EA is notorious for this where, you know, and take two as well, where they get really hit on earnings and they do bounce back rather quickly. So I have no position in EA. Um, but, you know, if I was taking a position, it would be buying it. Uh, yeah, that 116. If you're looking for you know a shot at this one, you did have uh, boy, four lows really between 115 and 116. Uh, this was back in September, and you got a big bounce out of there back over 132. So keep an eye on that. We you know, maybe 115, 115 and a half. At least, uh, at least you got some lows uh, to lean on in that area. Um, EA Activision, we don't. Well, we haven't heard much about that uh, Activision Microsoft thing. Yeah, they, they gave us towards, I forget the date, second quarter. Is that when they were saying? Yeah, it's a while it's, through it's a while. they're going to look at yeah. it. Wow. Uh, oh, I know. It's been forever. Time. It's going to take a long time. And then time they hit take one. two on this. Uh, a little bit. 
Again, the bar goes down for take two, um, and take two is always conservative with their guidance. That's something to keep in mind. The exact opposite of Tesla, where Musk is going to say bullishness even if he sees bearishness. Um, the take two CEO is not like that. He's always conservative. So I, I, I like take two as well. I had this multiple times in the long-term portfolio. I put it in, I take it off, I put it in, I take it off. Had some fantastic uh, like trades on this thing in the past. I trade this stock well. Take two has always been one. That, sometimes, you know, there's the stocks, Joel. Some of them you trade well and some of them you don't trade well. Yeah. And if you don't trade the stock well, don't trade it anymore. If you trade it really pick well, it pick on it and trade it more often. Because I don't know why that is, but there's just stocks sometimes that I just cannot trade. For whatever reason, I just suck at trading that stock. So I just don't trade that stock. And then right. other stocks like Take Two, I think it seemed to always do better on that. It's not getting hit really enough off of this yet, but I would say Take Two gets hit on their report. When's Take Two report? They're I'll coming look it up right now. I know they're Yeah, Mitchell looked that up in the background. If they get hit on their report, I'd be inclined to buy the dip there too. I what have. was uh what was your best um I know you, you you switched brokers up a little bit, but did you have any did you were able to figure out what your best stock was last year? Um yeah, that's a good question. I probably had would have to figure it out in interactive brokers. I'm not sure how to do that. Maybe somebody it's probably fairly easy to do, so I'll just have to look. So okay. no, I don't know. Um I, but that's hey. an interesting interesting question. Was that bright? Um, we cleared through Goldman. I could just go through the Goldman sheets. And I could just filter by that That's and just, just go at individuals and what stock are we up the most in. So I could just quickly do it. I, I'm sure there's a way to do an IB. I've never looked into it. Um, but that's a good idea, actually. Take okay. two, five days, Monday, February 6th. So it's coming. So keep that yeah. in mind. I think if take two dips on their report. And again, remember, they're always concerned with the guidance. So it might. Um, I'd be so inclined to look at that one. All right, let's go to another stock here. I think it's an important one, definitely. There's, we're not going to be able to get to all of them today, team. And uh, if you guys have a particular one you guys want to talk about, throw it up in the chat. But I'm going to go to Humana now. Uh, I think this is an important report, definitely, to keep an eye on, especially as we saw UNH take such a beating, right? Well, Humana Q4 adjusted EPS $1.62, beat the $1.46 estimate. Sales of $22.4 billion missed the $22.5 billion estimate. They forecasted uh, fiscal year 23 adjusted EPS of at least $28 for the full year. Uh, we are not looking too bad. It's starting to push. Um. This was crazy, Joel. Um, they had so two nights ago there was some right news here. and I tweeted it out. Yeah. Um it, it was breaking news and Benzinga had it as well. Um there was some like some clawback on some Medicare payments and all these stocks got hit. Humana got hammered. Look at the chart. You won't see this on your daily because it really wasn't trading there, but this was on, on at night. Humana was trading down, UNH was down ten bucks on it, CVS was down like two bucks on it. They're hammering all those stocks. And then for whatever reason, by the open, they reversed them and they bought them all on it. So Algos got that one, or whoever was trading on that, maybe it wasn't Algos, but whoever was trying to sell it on that got that really wrong. And then they had the wicked, wicked, wicked reversals. Um, and these stocks all went like way higher on it. So, you know, that's above my pay grade to try to interpret all that information. But wow, what reversals on that. Um, so I do think you got by the dippers lurking here in Humana here today. Probably near that 500 area. I'm not sure it gets down that low, but um, I think there's more upside here for Humana potentially. Um, yeah, again, yeah. 
down a couple sticks. Earnings is always major. Tough, I mean, 480, that's a hard bottom there, right? You did that earlier in the year and then uh, came down a few days ago when that news was out. Uh, for me, harder to uh, identify support than it is to give you some resistance. Uh, I'm looking at like the three highs in the 513 and a half area. 513 was your high yesterday. 513 and a half was a high back on the December 30th, the last day of the year. Then another high right at that area too, 512 and a half. So uh, if you're looking for you know a big move on the upside, uh, 513. Uh, that's your risk resistance and not trading a lot in the pre-market. Uh, so can't really give you a great support level. Yesterday's low, way down at 494.21. You're going to need a route in the market, I think, to get back down that level. Yeah, one that I was watching in this uh, in the same industry, right? ELV. I've been talking about that ELV's one. Level. I called about the level, too. The support at the 480s when the earnings came out. We're back to 510. See if this can get through the I, I hate trading resistance. these thin five hundred dollar stocks are just so in hard to move stuff. size in and out. So. <laughs> you gotta have baby size, baby size. Yeah. That's the only way and I approach it. You know, I, I like it's 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 you know, and you see the wicked moves these things have too. So it's it's tough thing to trade because the spreads are so especially wide. when you get that's when you're trading that many stocks and also trying to hedge <laughs> and trying to look at the news. I mean that's too can, much. Yeah, yeah. That's what what much. about that MSGM move? Which Let's talk about the yet. the big the ripper of the is day. this one of the Reddit specials or this is social media somewhere just the pumping <laughs> train going on here or something? What is so, what is the story here? Because I've watched this thing is in my filter like all night because yeah. I, I filter all the stocks and I'm like. This thing is just like continuing to blast off. It it goes from so the story goes from two dollars and fifty four cents two days ago. It's sixty three dollars here right now. Apparently they had some debt or something or whatever. But I mean yeah. this is just social media gravitating your social media stock of the twenty four forty eight hours. Wow. I mean, it's the, the the trade that we've been seeing, it's shifted, right? It's been looking for different names to get into, right? There's no more triple BY move going up, right? So they're looking. They're looking for low float names that are getting pops. Wow. So we need to be keeping an eye on these, of course, high short interest, low float. Big target of a lot of the chat rooms out there, right? I will put that out there. I'm not going to say which chat rooms are watching it. But I will say that you got to be careful with these too, because as I was watching this action yesterday, it very quickly, within a second or two, was dropping $5. So you got to understand the volatility in these names. Don't want to see anybody just completely get destroyed. These are easily how new traders get caught in a name like this and end up with no account. In one day so this stuff almost always ends badly but we just don't know where so <laughs> i mean you can make some money don't kid yourself you're early on these train there's some people making some money but this is not early on this train the stock went from two dollars mm -hmm. to 63. this train this rocket ship has fully left the station you know it's like this you know the the space remember they go up there in orbit stays up there for 90 seconds and then comes back down to earth well, you're up there in that 90 seconds right now. Eventually, this is coming back down to earth. But to short these things, who knows? Just yeah. think about it, too. We saw Lucid do a spike, right? There's traders out there right now looking for stocks to jump on. 
you got to be careful though with these names. Always there's one of these. There's always one of these. It seems mm-hmm. like, but there's you always. know, sometimes there's multiples of these. So it's a, it's a it's a lesson learned right now. We are in a bull market right now. To JC Breath point, he's absolutely correct. We're in this short term bull market. I don't know how long it lasts, but we are. You got to be very careful shorting any little stuff. Like you're shorting stocks at two bucks, you're asking for trouble because you don't know what the next one is, and maybe it's going to be your turn to be on the wrong side of these things. Just coming in and buying all these things, though, it's hard to know, too, because not all of them go. I'll tell you, though, most of them have went in January. If you were just buying a portfolio of all these $2 crappy stocks, $1 crappy stocks that have high short interest, you had a pretty good January because a lot of those things really went. I don't think that party's over yet. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's too late to jump in a lot of these smaller names. This one, definitely too late. But some of them that haven't went, if you've got one that haven't went yet, it might. So there's opportunities there if short interest is high. Also, I, I, I want to state there, like the chat stated, a uh, low flow to 400,000. I usually look for at least a, mil- a million on that float to try to make sure that I have liquidity in the stock. So very, very low float there. And it's going to be tough to trade. All right, let's uh, let's maybe do, uh, it's 9.01. I'll get, I'll get Joel out of here. Joel, any, any last thoughts on the overall market? Uh, I mean, we'll just see if uh, if Pump and Powell, you know, uh, he's uh, been, uh, you know, he's been talking down the markets. We got the, the Fed meeting. We'll see uh, that 4086. Uh, we had that crazy close at 4090 uh, because of all those buying balances. But uh, so far, Monday side, 4086. Uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding if you get back up to that area between 4086 and 4090. Um, on the downside, if you take out that pre-market low, just not a lot in there uh, from the way that uh, we traded yesterday. That pre-market low, 4071. Uh, only a 15-point range overnight. So should be interesting. A lot of fireworks. Uh, great job today. Great debates. Covered a lot of good stocks. Of and uh, we'll see if Powell can pump the market up. Pump we'll see. Powell. Is pump he going to go back Powell. to pump Powell? It, will he be dumping Powell? I mean, dumping uh, Powell. we'll see. We'll see. We'll the big out. bad wolf. Will he blow the houses down today? Ha. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find I, out, right? I think he. I think he may try, but he may fail. He may try, but he may fail. I'll tell They're you what, Dennis. The fed, something when the wolf right blew enough, eventually the houses fell, right? Yeah, know. well, no, maybe not the this brick economy. House. Yeah, the maybe brick this house economy well. is the brick house. So maybe versus the, the brick paper house. house. This the brick house now. It mm. held up well. Uh, all I say house. is, uh, look around you. How do they build houses around you in the United States? Uh, paper thin walls, not brick anymore, right? <laughs> the house we'll of cards. Can he blow we'll over see. the house of cards, or does the Can house of cards continue to go higher? We will find out here. Money, Mitch. Good job on your Tesla trade yesterday. Um, chat, love you guys. Even the haters, always love you guys. Go at it. I don't know what's going to happen here. I tend to think if we get a good dip, though, I think the dip gets bought again. But it's going to be an interesting, fun next 24 hours with all these earnings. A lot of information coming at us. I'm market neutral right now. Staying market neutral short term. Long term, still too much cash. I wish I would get some dips. I'm getting too much cash on a long term portfolio. Okay. All right, Dennis, you have a good one. Take care, my friend. Go do what you do best. Into the trading action we go. We got live trading coming up next. So if you guys want to see myself. Lord Ryan, Zunaid, as we get to the trading action, we had a decent day yesterday. Going to keep battling. Let's see what we can get into today. Red, red day yesterday for me, but bouncing back. 
overall green if I count the swing trade, but I keep my swing trades and my day trading completely separate. I think that's also important to do out there, traders. When you get confused too much, when you're mixing day trades with swing trades, it just confuses you on your data. Uh, but if you guys want to join, of course, the book club team, I've already sent out the email for this week. We will meeting up at 6 p.m. Eastern and no football this weekend. So if you want to go ahead and see, of course, trading in the zone, learning with us as we continue to battle through. Been seeing a lot of traders saying they're pulling the trading in the zone content into their week trading and it's giving them the edge. Find out why, of course, on the book club this weekend, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You have to be a part of the book club to join. So I'll throw this up right now and kick it over to live trading team. Hit the like button on your way out. If you guys enjoyed today's action, Ryan Dietrich coming in here. If you guys like these interviews, that's what we ask for you guys is just smash the like button. You know, don't have to pay a single dime for pre-market prep. But like always, we appreciate the feedback. We'll see you next time, team.